Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name's Rachel Peru and I'm a grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Outer Bubble podcast. I started a new career four years ago, age 46, and found on social media so many amazing, inspiring women who were really embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down those stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought the podcast would be a great way to share some of these stories with you. So season three, I'm really excited to be back. I've been chatting with a diverse set of women of all ages, whose stories I know will help women become more confident in body and mind. I met my first guest back in uh, December last year on the Fig Leaves Valentine's campaign. And then I was lucky enough to spend another day with her shooting for Chantelle for International Women's Day this year. So the two times I've seen her, we've both spent the day in our lingerie. So I'm super excited to be talking to Kaz from set today. Kaz has endured um, breast cancer twice in her early 30s. And she is a founder of Wigs for Heroes, which we're going to find more about. And I love her description on Instagram. Her Instagram page describes her as a pink haired Londoner, fashion, beauty, kebabs and breast cancer. So I am really looking forward to talking to Kaz this morning and talking all things body confidence, fashion and getting to know more about Kaz. So morning, Kaz. Morning. How are you doing? I'm doing really good on this sunny, sunny day. <laughs> so what's, uh, how, for people that don't know anything about you, how do you describe yourself? Uh, oh, um, straight in there, H. How would I describe <laughs> I am a, uh, how would I describe myself? I probably am a really bubbly person, um, have been through quite a bit in the last three years. Um, resilient seems and and yeah I don't give up no matter what it's like a song <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's me describe myself as a person yeah and what's lockdown looking like for you now um to be honest with you lockdown life is um quite similar to my situation um as you know i've 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 had um breast cancer twice so going through treatment um it's 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 quite similar actually um being in isolation all over again mm. although um right now not being sick in isolation and not having nausea and having to run to the toilet to throw up and sleepless nights sweaty nights you know all of that stuff is not present so I'm quite enjoying this downtime because I haven't really stopped since I've been feeling better you know I've been out and about trying to run my charity and trying to get back into the real world yeah <laughs> um, whatever that is um, but it just feels like it's quite nice spending time at home because I haven't been in my house too long as well I moved in last year um, so we've been you know putting renovating certain rooms and stuff on hold because I just wasn't feeling well and we didn't have the time and now it seems we've got the time mm. so yeah I've just been redecorating rooms and you know just slowing down a little bit I think we all need it to be honest with you 
Yeah, I agree. I think we do. But does it not frustrate you that people are kind of complaining about being in lockdown and, and bored and all that kind of stuff? You think, well, hang on a minute. I've had to do this for several months at a time. And, you know, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the time when I had to deal with it, it was super, super hard. You know, it was a major life um, event happening to me. Mm. And then it was a major lifestyle change. And there was a period of adjustment. And I don't know how long that took, you know, but um, we, I've said this like on Instagram, we are beautifully designed as humans to adapt to certain environments and changes. You know, some of us can cope with it better than others. Um, but you do find a way of dealing with it eventually you know we don't know how long this is going to take and the same with you know my cancer treatment I didn't know how long it would take for me to get better and start mm. to feel better so what tips would and advice would you give to people that might be struggling right now struggle for people is um, having so much time with yourself you're you're being forced to slow down a little bit and um like for me initially it was like well what do i like doing without my friends what do i like doing without my husband around all day you know mm. what god this is actually quite a frustrating time because i don't know who i am actually I don't know who I am without these people. So I would say just literally spend some time doing things that you wouldn't normally do um, or things that you've been putting on hold for so long. Like a friend of mine um, is going to be ordering a, an actual jewellery making course to do at home because, you know, there's always been that interest there of making jewellery, um, but just never having the time to do it. I appreciate, you know, some people might not have the money right now, but it's just um, focusing on yourself a little bit and finding out what you enjoy doing in your own company. That's probably the hardest thing, actually, that I found um, when in isolation. It's like, well, what do I like doing, actually? What, you know, if I'm feeling good on this particular day, what, what do I like doing? And as you know, I've, I've really got an interest in fashion and beauty mm. and stuff. So that's when I started, you know, going online and talking about, um, well, the state of my face and hair and stuff back then. It was a lot different to how it is now. But again, it was just navigating who I was. Um, so, yeah, I would say just exploring and finding out who you are again, because for so long you're kind of in this routine of waking up going to work or whatever it is that everyone else does and suddenly we're just like thrown into this situation of what do I do now mm. I'd say yeah just invest a little time in yourself and try and find out what you're what turns you on a little bit do you know what I mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah how old were you when you when you first diagnosed with cancer the first time around oh um I was 31 right uh, um so it was in 2017 I was 31 years old um and I just celebrated my sixth year wedding anniversary mm. believe it or not um so what we, we went away to um Glastonbury town I love it there um beautiful little village and um we went there for Beltane festival it's actually coming oh. up again my anniversary 
Um, so yeah, we went there with a couple of friends, rented a cottage, um, but the whole weekend I was waiting for these results and I just couldn't enjoy myself. Um, and I, I knew what they were going to say. And so a day after celebrating my anniversary, they called me into the hospital and basically told me I had breast cancer and it was just mm. like, wow. Yeah. Short. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, obviously you went through some really dark times, particularly kind of with all the treatment yeah. that you had to go through. What kind of kept you going? Because well, you are really, yeah. you are a bubbly person to be around. You, you know, your, your attitude to life is fantastic <laughs> and vivacious. How difficult was it to keep going? Yeah. Do you know what? At first, it it was like, um, what what do I do? You know, my my whole being, my whole who I am is just being challenged right now. And you know, at first, you think you're gonna die and everything else, and you wait for all your scan results. And um, just the, the, the type of person I am, I'm bubbly anyway, regardless. Mm. You know, I was like, okay, so what do I do with all this information? Once I found out, you know what the treatment plan was and everything else my kind of um uh mode went on like okay time to start planning I'm just one of those people that you know tries to put plans in place and if that doesn't work then there's a backup plan you know like we must keep going like I don't give up you know that's just yeah. my nature it's not the whole cliche of all oh, not giving up because you're fighting the fight or whatever it, it's just it was just in my nature to figure out what plan a was going to be and um i'm i'm you know one of four children um and i'm the only girl in the household as well so throughout my whole life i've had to sort of prove myself anyway mm. um being the only girl so oh yeah i'm just as strong as my brothers you know i can play football just as good as they can so it's like well now i've been given this um well i can do it just as good as anyone else you know um because we we have lost members of the family um who you know went through it it's not it's not easy i never thought that yeah i'd come out of it on the other side but i always held on to that hope that i would mm. so why you know yes i appreciate whilst i appreciated that um some people did lose their lives i also had to just hold on to the hope that actually a lot of people survive as well yeah and get yeah. through it and i didn't want to like you know, just sit down and waste my life because I didn't know how long I had, as morbid as that sounds. Um, I wanted to try and make the most of every day. If I felt good, I had to make sure that I did something fulfilling on mm. that day, whether or not it was putting on makeup and, um, you know, sending a little video message abroad to one of my family members. Like it was just, yeah, it was, it was it, it, part of my personality. I just kept on going. Being yeah. the bubbly self, you know, I've just tried to just keep that going, really. Yeah. Because why should I change, you know? Um, but yeah. Is that where Wigs for Heroes came in as well? Then did that give you some kind of project to work on whilst you were going through all this as well? Oh, absolutely. And do you know what? I think that's what kept me going the most um, was the fact that I had this um, responsibility ability almost um because if for, for people listening who don't know um, what the charity does so when I was first diagnosed I was told that you know I was going to have to have chemo and I'd end up losing my hair um and when I asked about 
free wig they said no you, you don't get a free wig you get a prescription but you still have to pay for a wig mm. and the prescription wigs were not for me mm. um they when I tried them on they made me feel worse actually I just um I didn't think I'd put a wig on and cry but I did um and it just kind of made me think like wow so how much are the you know how much are the nicer wigs and can everyone afford them mm. especially in the area that I I was from like I you know I lived in Enfield at the time but the borough I'm in now like Harringay it's got the worst um statistically the worst cancer services in the borough so there was no help at all for anyone on like lower incomes or um you know younger people whatever it was either you were, were a kid and you'd get help with a wig or if you're an adult you don't get any help at all um so i just kind of had this crazy idea of um raising money to support the women at my hospital because um I was meant to be buddied up with uh, a lady, a Polish lady who was a single parent. She didn't really speak much English. Um, and we were meant to be buddied up for chemo. Um, but then they last minute changed it because we didn't speak who speaks the same language as her, you know, who can offer her a bit more um, valuable support than I could. Um, but I never met this woman and I always had her in the back of my mind where wow what is she going to do in this situation has she got three four hundred pounds to spend on mm. the wig yeah. um and after speaking to some women they they said that wigs were a luxury and it's like wow yeah. wigs are a luxury item you know it shouldn't be considered a luxury item it should just be a standard you know necessity when yeah. dealing with such a, a major identity change you know yeah um so then you know after a while like we we about a couple of weeks after actually we ended up um raising about six thousand pounds and i'm like actually there might be something um here you know that that is a need um so then that's when i kind of went on this uh journey of registering as a charity and doing all these other wonderful things to support people you know pamper packs and workshops and stuff like that and yeah we're still growing i, I pretty much run the charity alone mm. oh, it's hard work yeah but it is but, <laughs> but brilliant it such a worthwhile project how does it feel to go through all that and to get the charity up and running and things you know the charity goes really well you then start recovering and you get the all clear yeah but then have the cancer come back again yeah. that must have been absolutely devastating yeah like I I just couldn't believe it it was less than six months later actually of getting the kind of all clear um I just and you know I sensed there was something wrong anyway but I just never expected to be told that again and I was more devastated than the first time around um and I was in a really really dark place for a couple of weeks it was just waking up crying going to sleep crying um brushing my teeth crying mm. going to the toilet crying like I just could not stop um until I knew again until I found out everything I needed to because again I was in that whole waiting game of having scans and waiting for results and that you know that can take a couple of weeks so it's like well, what what's happening on the inside I don't know 
Yeah. Um, so I was sleeping a lot. I just went into this dark sort of depression state because I just had no idea what was happening to my life. And um, I just, I, you know, I did, I was just thinking about, well, why don't I just end it all? Do I really want to mm-hmm. go through all of that again? Um, and it's probably like a topic that people don't really talk about, like cancer and suicide. But I was just really like, I, I wanted to take my own life. But then I'm like, no, no, I've got a dog. I've got a husband. I've got a family. And, you know, they were the ones that I'd, I'd look at and think, no, 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 no. I can't do that. Like, let me just find out what I need to. And, um, and yeah, uh, my online community as well, like everyone on Instagram was reaching out. And I just had this overwhelming um, kind of support that, I just never expected, you yeah. know, the the whole of like, the internet was just, they had my back. They were messaging me all the time, sending me little gifts as a pick me up because they were like, you know, you're the pamper pack queen. We, it's our turn to now look after you, you know, you send out bags to everyone else. Now, and now's the time for you to have one. And it was just, a, it was just a beautiful thing. Um, but, you know, waiting for those results was, was the worst moment I'd say in the whole of the three years combined. Um, but, you know, when I did again, find out all of the results, it was, um, I, I was very fortunate that it just came back in the same place. It was considered like a local reoccurrence um, and that, that was treatable. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as I heard those words, I was just, you know, just so grateful Mm. um that I almost I felt like I was just given a second chance to to really just get get do it again without losing my hair this time because the hospital managed to get um a cold cap like scalp cooling machine so I didn't lose my hair I think again that was the main thing that I was worried about like losing my hair again I didn't want that to happen as stupid as it sounds but you can imagine how you feel about your body and how you look and how you want to appear to the rest of the world is such a huge part of getting through this, isn't it? So to have oh, and not be able yeah, to have yeah. a decent wig or to have the right hair that you want to feel good in is a massive part, isn't it? I think, you know, do you know what it was? I spent, you know, the best part of what, what was it? 18 months or whatever. Um, the first time around losing my hair, growing it back, dyeing it pink you know, finding myself almost, Mm. you know, finding who I was, my identity. It's like, yes, this is me. And then having that almost taken away again, it's like, no, you can't take this away from me again. You know, I spent so long and I I went through so many ups and downs to find out what, you know, what I, who I was, um, what, what style I actually enjoyed, you know, without this long 20 inch hair that I'd had previously. Um, and I just didn't want that to be taken away again, but then you, you have to, you have to kind of weigh it up and deal with the situation. Um, so I dealt with the situation again, as best as I could. <laughs> and where are you, where are you now on your health? Are you, have you been given the all clear? Yep. So I'm, I'm no longer a cancer patient, although I am a cardiac patient because, um, the life of has and her ever never ending, um, world of health problems has continued. You know, I had heart failure, um, in August. So my, my treatment was completely stopped. Um, we thought that they were going to restart it again, but they said, you know, your heart's taken a bit of a beating. Mm. It can recover, which it has slowly. Mm. But for the last six months, um, 
you know, thankfully nothing's happened. So they kind of signed me off um, for the moment. Good. And uh, yeah, I'm doing touch wood really, really well. Yeah. Takes I mean, a while, both, but, both, yeah. times, both times we've seen each other, you have been strutting your stuff in a photo shoot in the lingerie <laughs> and you look amazing yeah. and full of confidence. How difficult was it to keep that body confidence going throughout this? How difficult was it to get it back? I'd say pre-cancer, I wasn't very body confident. Um, you know, everyone's got, oh, there are issues with, oh, my belly's too big. I don't like my legs, you know, mm. blah, blah, blah. I wasn't really, I would never have got in my underwear. Absolutely not. Mm. Um, but when you're your whole life is sort of challenged and your being is challenged and you know you're you're basically told that this is a life and death situation in your head um you you start to see things differently you start to really value your body and what it can do um and you know i've had i don't even know how many operations i had my breast removed i had it reconstructed and blah 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 um and I've lost feeling in certain areas and, you know, but I just value it now because it's like, wow, my body's been through a battering. Yep. I look a bit like a rag doll now with all these scars across my hips and um, underarms and breasts, you know, I haven't got a nipple, It, you know, but this is my body. Mm. And it's just an, an amazing thing that what one moment you're, this, this thing is trying to kill me, you know, my body's yeah. trying to kill me. And then the next moment, it's like, it's, it's trying to recover and look after me. And um, it's, it's like, yep, yeah, you battle with yourself quite a bit. But eventually, you know, I've still got some insecurities. However, I'm a lot more confident. I'm, you know, I don't really care too much what people think about my body. Mm. Um, it's more about how I'm looking after it now and, you know, trying to come to terms of what's happened and trying to make peace with my body and you know on like instagram i talk a lot about um learning to forgive her um because you know we have been on quite a journey you know in the last three years and it's like yeah learning to forgive that takes some time yeah that takes some time but doing all these wonderful projects doing all these wonderful shoots mm. is just giving giving me that extra push into you know it's almost like um therapy actually I find it really yeah. therapeutic um, how did it cause just, so yeah how did it feel going going through what you were going through and then going to do that nude photo shoot where you were covered in fantastic body paint with a load of other people supporting was it the pink ribbon ribbon yeah foundation, yeah so the pink ribbon foundation it was just, you know, for me, it was such an ex like once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm worried about how much of my body you could see, mm. you know. But then doing my research, it's actually yeah. This the whole point of it is to camouflage in, you know, be painted and camouflage in with this incredible backdrop. And it was such an amazing experience because every single person there um, had been through breast cancer. Yeah. men and women so there was one man there representing the one in one thousand men that are diagnosed with breast cancer every year i felt like i had an obligation to be part of it because my father-in-law had breast cancer and um, he sadly passed away 
Um, and I thought it was just a great opportunity, real statistics. And I'm an advocate for talking about, um, yes, it happens to men too, um, because it's happened to, you know, someone in my family. So um, I had to say, yes, it was, it was just one of those duties of mine, you know, to, to not only, you know, talk about this wonderful world of fashion and things I enjoy, but also to carry, it happens, you know, so many people get diagnosed every single day, even now during this time yeah. of pandemic, you know, with COVID thing, people are still going through it. And um, as someone, you know, in my, in my community, in the Turkish community, I'm one of very few voices that actively talk about cancer, you know, the, the, and it was, it was something I had to do. Mm. Um, and have some fun as well if you can raise awareness and have fun yeah. then of course I'm gonna say yes you know with, yeah, your, with, with your Turkish background then how did your family and your parents react to you doing the nude body paint shoot and seeing you in lingerie are they really supportive are they surprised probably disowned me <laughs> um but because of what I've been through and they know that you know I'm I'm trying to raise awareness, um, especially, you know, for women in my community to get checking and, you know, because a lot of people try and deal with things like this in private and why, why should you not talk about it? Why should you not be part of society? You know, cancer mm. doesn't mean you have to stop living. Yeah. Um, a lot of women, women in my community, they end up living until everything is done and dusted. And it's like, why? Mm. So I, I kind of want to make it, seem that it's okay you know yeah. because it is yeah. um but my you know yeah. i have to be honest even though i'm 34 years of age i still had to get my mum's permission you know and when i am asked to do certain lingerie shoots and stuff i always give my mum a call and say mum like you know they've asked me to do this you know um i give give her my reasons why i'm doing it and you know she she does turn around and say you know you've got to do what you've got to do I'm proud of everything anything that you do now you know yeah. so um sometimes it's sad to say but it takes you know going through some real life situations for your parents to finally let go of, of certain um beliefs in that sense yeah. um because yes I am from a bit of a strict household um you know, my parents, as, as I've gotten older, they have kind of relaxed a bit, but I did grow up in a very strict household. Um, you know, I had curfew, you know, I had three brothers, God, you know, Turkish, being Turkish and having three brothers. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but I've always been a bit mouthy and, you know, I've always been like one of the boys and, um, you know, how to drive. I, I learned how to drive um, because I wanted that independence. I wanted to mm. kind of be break free from that whole, the, you know, upbringing and do my own sort of thing. It was hard. Mm. Growing up was hard. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that they, they are super supportive of every single thing I choose to do now. Yeah. Um, it's a blessing. Yeah. And in terms of, we've been really lucky that we've been involved in such kind of inclusive campaigns, haven't we? Which I absolutely oh, yeah. How important is it, do you think, this representation, the fact that, you know, women of all shapes and sizes um, need to be represented? 
Oh, 100%. And, you know, being someone from a Turkish Muslim background mm. as well, um, I mean, I'm not very religious. I'm very spiritual. Um, and my family are probably the same as well. But, you know, I appreciate that a lot of people, especially from my sort of community and culture, that doing things like what I'm doing is not really it's kind of really frowned upon right. um so I'm kind of trying to break down those barriers that actually we are women you know I'm very modern in the way of thinking and I I want us to be part of um things like this like we shouldn't be disregarded um especially like having this body change um yeah. and uh short hair like I, I was speaking to you about this before like yeah. I never see women with like pixie haircuts or really short haircuts um or who have really lived through some sort of um life event especially with their health in many campaigns it's like you see the same faces and there isn't like they sh there shouldn't be like one or two people from a certain community representing all of us like you know you're an old you know you're a you're a model in her 40s plus mm. um if it was just you and one other person would you be comfortable with that no you yeah. you know you're trying to encourage others to sort of do yeah. the same sort of thing in terms of like being part of a, a bigger picture you know a bigger change um so i just feel like there needs to be more of us included um you know especially for those who who are who have got a presence online um, who are influencing a different type of audience, especially, you know, make use of us people. We have a voice. Um, and just, you know, trying to stand there and look, look pretty. We've actually got something that's driving us to do these things. And there, there has been a reason as to why we, we started in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I find, I find, I don't know about you, but I find people with certain stories a little bit more interesting you know when, yeah, when it comes to like fashion and stuff like I really admire and am inspired by them so yeah we are you know we inspire other people people inspire me you know let's let's just keep doing what we're doing so how ambitious are you with all that in mind how ambitious are you for the future what kind of plans have you got <laughs> I love it I mean, I don't really tend to make plans. I, you know, I've, I've lived this way for a few years now where I can't really plan ahead because, mm. well, I need to start letting go of that really um, and start planning because I've always like, oh, well, what if I feel sick or oh, what if cancer comes back or um, oh, what if I've got an appointment or, well, blah, blah. There's a lot of what ifs that mm. go through my head and, that's why I don't tend to plan more than probably two weeks in advance. Um, but if I were to start planning, you know, I'd love to be part of more campaigns about, um, you know, I don't know, things that I love, things that I'm, I'm interested in. Um, I never thought I'd go down this whole route of what I'm doing now, but I, I really enjoy it. Um, so I'd love to work with more brands just who, who haven't maybe got as, as much diversity and inclusivity yeah. as I see it um so I you know I could always approach them if yeah. they don't approach me Do it. um but in terms of my charity that's yeah 
my my charity is at the forefront of a lot of things so i just want to get get it to a, a position where it can start running itself it may mm-hmm. take a few years but yeah everything that i do goes hand in hand you know yeah. so well i think you're yeah. just such an inspiration and you're such a lovely person inside out it's just so nice to spend time with you so thank you last yeah, few questions and Go I know for you're, it. you're a big music fan aren't you but what's what song yeah. or music really motivates you? Motivates me so. Um, God, I I love every type of music. Um, I grew up um, quite musical actually. Um, I've I've been singing for years. Was in a band. Um, actually wanting to record my own EP right now. Plug plug. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't recorded anything. But um, I've been listening to every morning. Okay, so with what's going on every morning, I listen to an artist called um, Coffee. She's a Jamaican reggae artist. Um, she's doing really well right now. Um, she, so she's quite new. Um, but her song comes on my Alexa alarm every single morning, and it literally gets me out of bed. Mm like totes rock but yeah you need to get yourself a motivational song such as that and you know and get yourself out out of bed so right now you know that's the song but next week it could be something totally different because i love music so much brilliant (laughs) and what about a book that's inspired you i mean to with my whole situation with the way that I talk about things online in like a diary style entry and Frank's diary has mm. inspired me majorly. Not that I'm comparing myself in no way, shape or form to Anne Frank and her situation. Um, but the fact that she had this, she was sort of given no choice, but to live the way that she was living and she kind of made the best of a situation. Yeah. You know, she wrote down her diary, her thoughts, yeah. Um, and she, the, the planet, you know, um, as to what she's been through and she's left this piece of her life that, you know, not many people are fortunate enough to leave behind. And I suppose that's why I started my, uh, Instagram dear diary entries as well, because I, I wanted to, at the time, you know, you think you're going to die and everything. I wanted to leave a part of me that was positive, that would like um be looked back on and you know people wouldn't be too scared about cancer and you know all these images I think I told you this before as well when I was diagnosed I went online and um you know I grew um it it just put me off joining support groups online because people were posting pictures of drains and tubes and scars and when you're first diagnosed you don't really want to see anything like that because it just gives you like it gives you nightmares Mm -hmm. um so that's why like on instagram i try to you know post really nice pictures of things that i really like and things that aren't so scary so if anything anyone like younger is diagnosed um they can see these pictures and kind of be a bit more inspired rather than scared yeah. Um, so yeah, Anne Frank's diary has got to be up there with you know a, just a piece of history, and I believe you know everyone's got that story. Everyone's got something to say. Yeah, um, I agree. So yeah, what a, yeah, what a beautiful, beautiful girl, you know. But yeah. 
Would if you? She didn't write what she did. We would never have known that she existed. No, exactly. I mean, would you ever like to turn your diaries into a book? Because I, I could see that would be really helpful to a lot of people. Do you know? Now what a few people have said that and um i would love to however you know there's so many again we've all got a story to tell um like i think a lot of people don't really know much about my upbringing um being from london um but my my parents being from north cyprus mm. um I, there's a lot to say about my past and my parents situation when they first immigrated to this the, is a little bit different to you know the life of I don't know a, 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 someone whose ba background and generation is from London yeah. um, originally yeah. so there's been a lot of hard times growing up mm. in London as a Turkish girl um, especially from a strict kind of background so I think I would love to um have a book actually but it's like where do i start what do i say hey i think there's a lot of um a lot to think about but 100 percent, i would love to put all these little posts and stuff into book yeah. book form who wouldn't yeah well lockdown now's the time to about. do whilst you've got time <laughs> yeah <laughs> got a lot of that haven't we <laughs> and what about who inspires you who inspires me? Um, without stating the obvious, um, my family members, you know, my grandmothers mm -hmm. going through the war and stuff um, in Cyprus. But if I was to pick somebody who isn't related to me, I would definitely have to say um, Frida Kahlo. Yeah. Because um, I studied her when I was um, doing art GCSE and you know, I didn't know anything about this woman and it, it was my my art teacher at the time who said, you know, I think you should really look into Frida Kahlo. And so I did. I read so many books about her and I just found her fascinating that she just painted a very real picture of her life and all that she went through. And it's amazing what she went through. You know, she documented it so well and it was just so real and raw. And um, she went on one hell of a journey mm. um, and I, I find that super inspiring especially someone from you know who's got a different cultural background as well um, it's it's nice to see that artists and women um, especially nowadays are doing similar things and talking about things that have happened to them but showing it in such a beautiful way that yeah. you know um yeah she's definitely a, an inspiration to me i've got a lovely shot of her in my living room oh, in a black and white light. and like, yeah every time i look out i'm like this woman went through a lot yeah. and she came out on the other side so why not you know yeah <laughs> why well, not me you. i can do the same well you've been such an inspiration to me so thank you so much for joining me this morning it's been really good fun talking to you um i hope we get to work again thank in, in you, another Rachel. campaign this year you never know <laughs> yeah and like for anyone who is interested in you know um finding out more about my journey and stuff please come and say hello like on instagram um and then we can connect and where can they find you for the wigs for hero as well what's the what is there a website for that yeah so i'm 
literally as we speak i'm building my website at the moment not be ready by the end of april to be launched but we do have an instagram page as well um and you can find that in my bio on instagram uh, i want to get involved with because i always need help honestly mm. like i do most of what i do alone mm. um so if there's any way you want to help in fundraising or getting beauty products or just i don't know you know there's so many other ways to get involved please just drop me a message i would Brilliant. love it well thank you lovely and enjoy the rest of your day what have you got planned for the rest of the day um, so I've got luck um, talking about the NHS suppliers and how we are working with them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've got a lot of movement on charity stuff. And I suppose just chilling out with Harry Potter later, as I do Excellent. every day. Fabulous. <laughs> well, enjoy the rest of your day and keep well. Thank and you. Hopefully see you soon. You. Take care. Thank you Thank so you. much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>